Pingo. Welcome to PingoCast, the official podcast of Pingo, the easiest way to dial the world. In this episode, we continue our expat journey series with Will from Abroad101.com. We pick up the interview with Will sharing with us his experience in Spain at age 14. I stayed with a family in uh, Segovia, which is about two hours, I believe, west of Madrid, the capital. Um, and so that was the first time I had my experience abroad by myself, um, taking classes, studying, and learning about the culture. Now, is that typically much younger than most students make that step to study abroad? Um, I think it's a bit younger. I don't think, you know, I think uh, today a lot of high schools are sending students abroad, and there's a lot more opportunity for kids to go abroad before college. But, you know, I'd say it's, you know, a couple years younger than, than most people uh, go about for the first time. Now, uh, what do you, from that first experience, what what fears or what uh, apprehension did you have going into it? Sure. Well, I think at that age, it's definitely a challenge to go abroad by yourself, you know, without your family to be away from home for an extended period of time. Um, so I guess, you know, being a young person, there was definitely the homesickness, um, definitely some culture shock, and definitely a language barrier, which were, were things that you have to cope with as a young person, but I think I, you know, my advice to other young people, especially that age, would just be to throw yourself in there, uh, maybe for a shorter period of time, just you know, sort of push yourself to 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 go outside your comfort zone and and see how it feels and, and expand your horizons. Right now, uh, we are joined, by the way, by Will Abroad101.com. You've since become an expert. I guess you would say. I don't know if you would call yourself one, but you seem to be one from your reading or from reading your material online here. Uh, now on students studying abroad, um, of course, times have changed also uh, since you have first studied abroad. I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse. <laughs> in that. Sure, times have changed in a lot of different senses, as far as you know the political climate for Americans going abroad. Right. As far as staying in touch with with your you know your friends and family back home, there's obviously new technologies to do that. So. A lot of things have changed in the past 10 years. Is it generally not as safe to study abroad as it used to be for uh, American children studying abroad? You know, I think that's the general perception, but I haven't found that. I think that the perception has changed in that um, a lot of Americans are a little more apprehensive to go abroad, um, especially to travel to parts of the world like the Middle East um, or parts of Africa. Um, I think that, that there's a lot, of, a lot of reluctance to go there and the perception is that it might be dangerous. But to be honest, I've traveled to the Middle East numerous times in the past five years or so, ever since, you know, since 9-11, I've been probably five or six times, and I haven't encountered any sort of ill will or hostility. Um, people have been nothing but open and kind and welcoming. And, of course, you know, these are isolated examples in my experience, but I honestly can't say that I've seen any change in, in, in you know, hostility or in the general sort of acceptance of Americans abroad. What, what is the, uh, well, maybe not the number one, and I'm not necessarily referring to the list uh, on your website, but for for a youngster considering studying abroad, what do you consider to be the number one thing he should really think hard about? The number one thing? Well, I guess from sort of a personal development standpoint, I would always suggest going somewhere uh, where a language is spoken that interests you. Um, part of the reason why I've, I've enjoyed to, I've enjoyed traveling so much and going abroad is because I really, really, really love Romance languages. Um, I speak Spanish and Italian and Portuguese, so whenever I have the opportunity to, you know, learn those, practice those, sort of perfect my, my language skills, I love doing that. I think it helps you in 
it'll help you in the future, um, especially in a, in a world that's increasingly globalized, to communicate. Um, and I, I don't know, it's just a passion I have. So I guess find something that interests you, um, find a culture that interests you or a language, and, and, and go there. Now, some of our some of our budding or prospective studying abroad students are a little bit older, maybe even in their high school years. Uh, what if they're just looking to have a good time, a good experience, but safe? Uh, where would you recommend? Sure. Well, I think that you know, as I just said, it's great to study a language, but at the same time, you know, by no means do you have to immerse yourself in that language when you when you travel to a, a foreign country that, that speaks a foreign language. Um, so I would say that if, if someone, you know, I think it depends what your interests are, if you're interested in sort of outdoor activities, surfing, uh, climbing, hiking. I have a number of friends who studied abroad in Australia last year, mm. and they were able to, to, to learn to surf, to do all sorts of amazing things outside. Um, and that, you know, didn't require any foreign language skills, of course. Now, uh, you mentioned 40 countries. You've gotten, uh, that you've visited 40 countries. You've gotten a good look at the world, obviously. What is one of your personal favorite places to visit, Noy? Well, it's, it's a tough question, but um, <laughs> I guess I, I've actually I've been to Morocco, I think, four separate times um, for different reasons. And every time I've gone, I've just loved Morocco. I love, I love the Mediterranean, um, and I just think it's a beautiful place. And I love traveling to, to Morocco because it's sort of where, you know, Africa meets, meets Europe, and it's, you know, it's right at the... I don't want to say the border, but it's right at the, sort of the intersection of two cultures. Um, there's a lot of Spanish influence. There's a lot of influence from, from sub-Saharan Africa. So you sort of see that, and it's just an amazing place. Well, as PingoCast is an equal opportunity broadcast, we also have to ask, what is the place that you just do not want to return to ever again? <laughs> I visited Ghana um, in West Africa about five years ago, and... You know, I, I guess I'll, I'll preempt this by saying I've never traveled to somewhere where I flat out haven't enjoyed it. And I definitely enjoyed my time in Ghana. Um, it was, you know, culturally different, shocking, eye-opening. Um, but, you know, it wasn't so much a vacation. There, You know, I wasn't totally relaxed a lot of the time. Um, there was a lot of sort of abject poverty, and that that causes people to, to you know, to, to, see a, a, to see a foreigner and, you know, make certain sort of perceptions about that person. So I can't say I didn't like being there, but it was not particularly relaxing, I guess I would say. I think I understand what you're saying. Now, it, yeah, it's certainly an experience nonetheless, and uh, but not necessarily on the top of your places you want to return to. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to studying abroad. Um, how do you keep, uh, for me personally, my first thought when I thought about this uh, topic for, for the PingoCast uh, was mm – -hmm. How would I would not be able to focus on studies while I'm abroad? I don't think. How do you keep yourself focused on on the the purpose for being there, studying? Um, well, I guess you know there's two two parts to that question. The first part is is every time I've studied abroad, it has been to learn a language, and for me that's never been a chore. Partly because I enjoy it, but also because I immerse myself in it, so I don't really have a choice. You know, <laughs> right? Um, if you're set on learning a language, you, you put yourself in a situation where you have to learn it. Um, so that's the first part of the answer. But as far as, you know, going to, as far as classes and studying um, other, you know, subjects or areas besides language that you don't have to learn, it, you know, it, it is hard to stay focused because you just want to run around, you want to see new things, you want to experience everything in a short period of time. Um, 
so I guess, you know, it's a challenge. Um, but I guess the good news is that typically, you know, some study abroad programs have different standards than, than U.S. universities. It's a different culture. So um, a lot of times classes will be taught totally differently. And for me personally, I would say that coming from sort of a rigorous American university style of teaching and studying in Argentina, for instance, it was, it was a bit easier. It was, a, it was a bit easier to handle, and um, just, I guess the style was different, and it allowed me to, to get more done in a shorter period of time. Interesting. Very good. Uh, let's talk a little bit, if we could, while we have a couple minutes left here, about Abroad101.com. Of course, our focus sure. today is, is the uh, studying abroad, but uh, what other areas does Abroad101 delve into? Well, currently our focus is studying abroad. We also cover some internships abroad, um, both for students who want to go abroad only to, for internships, but also for students who are studying abroad and want to internship. So, you know, maybe a part-time uh, internship position, something like that. Um, we have discussed uh, moving into high school studies abroad, which we haven't done yet, and that may happen in the future. Um, and we also provide feedback to university study abroad offices on how students perceive, uh, you know, how students have liked and have experienced study abroad programs. What else uh, is there to enjoy? Um, we're also, we also provide forums for students abroad to discuss, um, you know, different aspects of, of, of abroad and different tips. Um, I'm actually just pulling it up here online. Uh, a couple of categories, for instance, are international cell phones, internships abroad, health and safety, what to pack. So basically, it's a place for for students who are abroad or students who are going abroad to meet and sort of and 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 exchange tips and advice. Interesting. Now, uh, you you brought up international cell phones, and then I recall the purpose of our whole Pingo cast here and Pingo in general. Uh, how did you uh, keep in touch when you were fourteen years old, man? That you know. Now it's easy to keep in touch with the, with uh, mom and dad and uh, sis and friends and all them, um, but when you were fourteen, uh, cell phones and Pingo, you know, fantastic programs like Pingo to dial cheap anywhere in the world weren't available. What what did you do then? I mean, that much scarier going somewhere so far away from home, uh, at, at the, especially at that age. But uh, then, yeah. well, you know, to be honest, I, I didn't really keep in touch that much. Uh, Maybe, you know, once every couple of weeks I'd, I'd call home, I'd send an email whenever possible. I think that, you know, even, even you know, six, seven, eight years ago, the technology was not such as it is today where it's so much easier to keep in touch. So I guess the answer is, uh, you know, I kept in touch less and I, I used, you know, pay phones or <laughs> went to an Internet cafe, but I think times have changed since then. Uh, would you say that parents of uh, children who want to study abroad or are going to study abroad are more receptive to the idea because of technology and how easy it is to stay in touch with your with your child i would say so i think that you know all sorts of technology services allow you to stay in touch for cheaper and more frequently and i think it, it allows parents to be a little less worried about sending a young kid abroad right i wonder uh, have the numbers increased dramatically over the years of how many students are in fact studying abroad Yes, yeah, so yes, the number continues to increase. Uh, the number continues to increase, and I, you know, I believe it'll it'll continue to increase in the future. Actually, uh, this past year, uh, a U.S. senator passed a bill that would that you know aims to provide funding um, to to students abroad and aims to get one million U.S. students abroad by 2020, I believe. Wow. 
what what is the the, the not so obvious benefits of American students studying abroad? What, what in other words, what's their motivation? Well, I think you know that goes back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago um, about the global perception of the United States, and I think it's important to, to to get U.S. students out there for the world to see that we're not bad people. That you know, certainly our politics have have tended to upset certain certain countries, certain nations, certain areas of the world um, in the past you know in the past few years. But that doesn't mean that that as a nation we're bad people because we're certainly not. And I think it's incredibly important for for U.S. students to go abroad and act as ambassadors for our country. I also think that the students who do choose to go abroad are typically the students who are you know more open-minded and serve as as, as really good ambassadors for our country. So I think it's absolutely vital that that young people go abroad, um, you know, bring what they learn back, but also you know tell you know show show other nations, other cultures that. Were you know not bad people at all, right? Very good. the uh, The website if for anybody who's listening who may have come across this podcast as uh, a res- result of researching going abroad and actually haven't studied abroad yet, uh, do check out abroad one hundred and one dot com. Lots of information there for you to spend some time with, uh, including I'm looking right now at uh, Abroad 101's 10 Steps to Study Abroad, and a, a nice detailed breakdown of things that maybe you didn't consider, you know, and so it's good for you to, to head out here and spend some time. Now, Will, if uh, anybody listening wants to get in touch with you, uh, specifically, especially a student or somebody who is looking for some guidance, uh, is there a way for them to get in touch with you there? I'm going to suggest two things. Um, first of all, if you are looking for an abroad program, visit abroad101.com and check out our extensive reviews of the programs from all over the world. Um, and if you have specific questions, I would be more than happy to answer them personally. My email is will at abroad101.com. That's will, W-I-L-L, at abroad101.com. Please feel free to email me any questions, and if I can answer them, I will. Perfect and very polite of you and gracious of you to offer that uh, assistance to the folks listening. Will, we can't thank you enough for coming on today. Uh, we must have you on again sometime to talk more in detail about some of your experiences in specific countries, and uh, we'd be thrilled yep. if you would ha- if you would come back again. I would absolutely love to. Just let me know a time, and I'll be there. Very good. Thank you. Thank you much, Will. You have a good day. Okay. Thanks a lot. That's it for this episode of PingoCast. And remember, visit Pingo.com for a great way to keep in touch with friends and family abroad. Also, if you enjoy PingoCast, please help us spread the word by linking to us on your websites, blogs, and social network pages. Kingo.